Welcome to the Grace Podcast, a production of Grace Ministries in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us, and we pray that you are blessed and inspired. For more information about Grace, be sure to check out gmrh.org. Now let's listen in to this week's message. We're going to be in Ephesians 6, verse 10, and then and in Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. I really believe this is going to be a year greater than ever before. We, the foundation has been laid for over 20 years for what God's about to do in this place. And I really believe that this is a year we're going to see some things happen that, that we didn't think were, was possible. And I want to encourage you before I get into the message, and I'm going to be saying this several times or many times throughout the year, but I really believe we need to say this to each other. In, in church, when we talk about gifts and in talents, everyone is referring to ministry, either through preaching, through uh, all the church talents and all the church gifts of singing, playing the instrument, of teaching, whatever it is. And we've omitted the one thing that I think is extremely important that we need to say to each other. If God has given you a dream or a vision or spoken to your heart that you're supposed to be a billionaire, don't hesitate to say it. If he's given you the dream or the vision that you're supposed to be a person with multiple businesses, don't hesitate to say it. If God's given you a dream or vision in in the military realm, don't hesitate to say it. If he's given you a dream or vision to own your own business, don't hesitate to speak it. Don't hesitate to speak what God is saying to you. Because, see, when God has gifted you in that area of, of work, of ministry, of whatever it is in life that he's given it to you, and he's given you that dream, when you speak it, you're not speaking in vain glory for yourself. God is empowering you and placing that in you because he wants to take that gifting and use it mightily for the kingdom. He's raising you up and putting that inside of you so that when the time comes, you're in the right place at the right moment for the, for the power of God to flow in and through your life. I'm always reminded of when Jesus was looking for the upper room. Uh, and, and he sent out his disciples, I mean the, the room where they took over the, the, the Last Supper. And when, when he he sent out his disciples and he said, you'll see a man with a pitcher in his hand. He has just prepared a room. He just finished the room. No one had used that room. He just completed the room. And a man never carried a pitcher. In that day, in that time, the women were the only ones that carried the pitchers. So you to see a man carrying, walking with a pitcher in his hand was like painting him red and sending him through the streets. It was so uncommon, so odd. And yet, God said, when you see that man with a pitcher in his hand, then you go to him and say, I have need of your space. See, there are times in your life that you and I are in need of someone with a pitcher in their hand. And there are times in our life where we are the guy with the pitcher in our hands. And so wherever God's placed you, whatever dream or vision God's given you is not in vain. It's not sinful. 
It's not out of the church realm. God has raised you up and prepared you so that you can be in the right place at the right moment, at the right time for Him to perform His work the way He wants it done. And if He blesses you greatly, use that blessing for the purpose of the kingdom. It's not hard. It's not difficult. As a result of it, when He's placed you there, you may have one moment and one time where you speak His name in that right place and everything happens. It never records again about the man with the pitcher in his hand, but he was at the right place at the right time, and it did what God had given him to do, and he did it well. And when the time came there, one of the most impactful moments of life happened. And that's what I want you to understand. Do not be afraid to say or embarrassed to say, Yes, God has raised me up. He's given me this vision. He's given me this ability. He's given me this heartbeat so that I can do this work. And when that happens, do it unto the kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's not the message, but that's a good message. Amen? Because some of us are afraid to say that in church, aren't we? If it's not ministry, then we're afraid to speak it, aren't we? But speak what God's given to you. Say it to one another. Don't be afraid to say what God's doing in your life. Ephesians 6.10. We're starting this this thing this month that is really important, and I don't want to omit that I get so excited. Sometimes I just go right past what I really want to emphasize. Is that it's time for us to get stronger in the walk with the Lord. It's time for us to be strong, not just to receive, but now we need to walk strong and upright, and allow the power of God to flow in and through us, and we need to condition our heart and our body so that the kingdom can flow in in our life. We need to become stronger in the Lord. Everybody understand that? Now, did you know that there are good techniques for running? How many runners are in the room today? Come on. Have one, two, three, four... And that's that's a good run too, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. What? Yesterday afternoon, I looked at hours. And I said, "Honey, the hours is empty." We all the holidays, we ate everything that we everything, and I said, "Woo!" So it wouldn't do any good to run to my refrigerator today. But uh, runners, and see. You ever see those people who run and their shoulders and arms fly everywhere and, you know, and it's just, they're working harder to, to run somewhere than they really are running, right? And they can't pick, they say, why can't I run as fast? Why can't I run as, do as well? I mean, their legs go out here and their arms up here and, and, but there's a technique to running. And in that technique, you learn how to work your arms, how to work your legs. You learn those things that are really important, how to breathe. You know, when I ran, I'd, I would tense up, but they teach you to relax as much as possible in your running so that you can do that. But a technique is important. How many of you have ever played golf? There's a technique there's a, that you learn in your swing in golf. My problem was that, you know, I forget the technique or I'd get out of rhythm with the technique or I'd get confused from my softball, baseball swing with the golf swing. And man, when you get that there, you're really messed up. So you, you run to that point of it. 
and you learn a technique. We have people who play softball. There's a technique that you learn with hitting. There's a technique with so many things of life that you do. There's a good technique with cooking that you learn. I mean, as you know, my beautiful wife is the most organized woman in the planet. I mean, our cookbooks are just organized, and she knows exactly what everything is. And she could have cooked something a hundred times, but she'll pull out that cookbook every time and make sure it's the same every time because she's developed a technique for how she cooks. And everything you do in your job and, and, and with computers, there's certain techniques that you learn, certain things that you have to do each time as you follow through your your programs and your protocols of everything that's about what you're doing. And in our walk with God, we must develop techniques that are fundamentally sound so that we can walk with Him. And as we develop that, we grow stronger. As a runner, as you develop a good technique, you grow stronger and faster and you develop yourself. Those of you who are runners, the first time you try to run a mile, how far did you go? Probably about 120 yards. And then you try to run the mile wide open as fast as you could. You didn't understand what pacing was. You didn't understand certain things that you had to do in order to make that happen. And then there's also before the run, the stretching, getting ready before you run, and then the cool down time after you run. Those are things that you develop and you learn. Once you learn the basic techniques of what to do and how to do it, then you learn that you can do it. And then you're not as prone to injury. You're not as prone to damaging yourself as a result of using proper techniques. In the church world, if we really would get serious and take a poll of how we've walked in this walk with our Lord and how church worlds are, We've got a lot of bad techniques and there's been a lot of injured people. Why? Because we haven't followed properly the techniques that God has given us so that we can be strong in Him and walk in Him and live this life that He's given. It's not a hard process. It takes discipline. It takes you and I setting are putting ourselves in position to hear and to receive what he's saying so that we can walk in that and we can live in that and that no matter what comes our way, those storms, those difficulties, life itself, we are strong in him and because he is strong and he's all-powerful, then no matter what the storm, he is greater than our storm. Greater than our obstacle. I've shared this before, but... Years and years ago, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord said, I need you to pray or that your love for Cheryl would increase. I thought, that is an odd prayer. You know what I'm saying? I love my wife. I mean, Cheryl's right there in the forefront of who I am. And Lord, I don't know why I would need to increase something that I'm thinking is at full tilt anyway. He said, you need to Pray that that love will increase. You need to work at your love increasing. And I went. I mean, I just thought that was strange. It's about... Right. So about three months later, 
as a family, we went through some stuff that, that was hard. And, but in that part of it, it was never something hard or wavering between Cheryl and I. Matter of fact, our marriage was so strong, our love was so strong, that literally nothing swayed that. And as a result of that, we were prepared for what was ahead. You understand what I'm saying? So in life, many times we're there, and if we haven't prepared, we want to run, you know, we want to start running after we gained 100 pounds. We want to start running after, you know, this happened or this injury happened. We want to do those things after the fact. And God is saying, you want to come to me after the failures, after the heartache, after the problems. But when you and I are doing the things He's given us to do, then we're already ahead of the game. We're not reacting, we're pursuing. And we need to change our mindset to saying, God, continue fixing my problems to God, I am pursuing you and the problems have to chase me. I'm not chasing them. I liked it when I was a kid and ran a lot and raced a lot with other kids. I like being first. I like for them to try to catch me. And too many times I have allowed the things of this life to overtake me because I wasn't physically prepared and spiritually prepared. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He didn't say, I think it's a good thing that you be strong in the Lord. Have you considered becoming stronger in the Lord? He said, be strong. He gave a direct statement, a form of a command for us to be strong. He put the emphasis on us preparing ourselves to become strong. Now, I hated weightlifting. Didn't like it one bit. I tolerated running, but I did not want to be in the weight room. Could not stand weights whatsoever, and mean weights still don't get along. But in order for me to do certain things, I had to condition my body in a different manner other than weightlifting, and that's what I had to do. That's why, because I didn't like that way. So when I did play sports, that's what I had to do. I had to condition myself and get ready for that. I had to find a way to get strong to satisfy my coach that I was getting strong, but I didn't do it the typical way. Many times in life, we've been told and shared with, you know, we need to read our word, we need to pray, we need to worship, we need to journal, we need to do these certain things, and we get up there and we say, I don't like doing that. Can we just get real? I just don't want to stop. And many times when we do stop, we start reading in five minutes, our heads are bobbing, right? Are you like me? My mind races everywhere. I'll go to read something, and next thing you know, I'm over here, and I'm over there, and I'm over there, and my mind is everywhere. Anybody else like that in the room? 
The last few days, uh, I've been working up in, in my shop trying to clean it up, and it's been a disaster. When I say disaster, I'm talking about like everybody took this dump truck load of stuff and threw it in my shop, and I'm sorting it out. It's, it's really bad. And, uh, but then going through that, but I'm over there, I'm working on one part, and I look up and see something over there, and I get bored with this, and I go over there. Right? And then I'll put that up, and then I'll get bored with that, and I'll go over here. And I come back, and Cheryl said, you get a lot done today? I said, well, I walked around a lot. <laughs> and I put something over there, and the next thing you know, it's over there. We, in our life, in our walk with God, we get so distracted. We, we, we haven't developed good sound things to make us stronger in Him. We get sidetracked. And one of the reasons we get sidetracked is we don't like us. We don't like us. We see all our faults. We see all our failures. We see all of our inconsistencies. We say to ourselves, how could God love us? How can I walk this way? How can I? And we see all those things and what we do is go back to what we know instead of who knows us. And we need to understand when God places us in that place that we begin one step at a time. You know it takes 21 days to break a habit. It takes six days to develop one. So how does it begin with us? You remember you've heard this probably countless times, especially if you played any type of sports or anything. It all begins with a thought. So before I do anything, I think that I, about that thing. And then I tell myself, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go running. <laughs> Not anymore, but I'm going to go running. Or now at the beginning of the year, no matter, all of us are going on a diet of some type, right? I heard this one fellow say he liked his diet so well he went on another one at the same time. He just thought it was great. The more the merrier, right? We, we think about these things, and so it begins with a thought, then I do it one time. And then I start doing it daily, and after a little bit, it becomes my habit. It's a habit that I do. then eventually it becomes part of my character. And that's how people see me. I'm this type of person. I'm a runner. I'm a, I do this. And then the last part that it happens becomes part of your destiny. But it begins with a thought. When you and I begin this process, and all of us have said to ourselves, I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to do this. And we all have struggled with that. Haven't we? But God has given us a command for us to be strong. So how can we become strong if we do not put ourselves in position to become strong? Let's read Isaiah 40. And I'm going to try to keep this as 
clean and clear as possible because we're going to take communion in just a little bit. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not think. Remember singing that chorus years and years ago? I've sang it to myself many times this week. Think I was going to do that now, but I'd spare you the stuff. So let's pull it up in the message right quick. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, O Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. Gives fresh strength to dropouts. Man, I was a dropout. Have you been in and out of the church? Huh? Young folk (laughs) in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God, get fresh strength. They spread their wings and they soar like eagles. If you're struggling, developing this part of one, two, three that we're trying to get ourselves to do, Of 10, 10, 10. Sounds like a fertilizer, doesn't it? 10, 10, 10. 10 minutes of praying, 10 minutes of your word, 10 minutes of journaling or sharing, whatever it is you feel comfortable with in that regard. 10 minutes a day. A total 30 minutes a day. 10, 10, 10. Partner up. Get with someone. Many of you, you FaceTime. Many of you are constantly using your electronic devices to communicate with each other. Use that. Let that be a tool for you to connect with someone to do that. Or meet them for lunch. Or go somewhere and meet somebody. Or, or say, look, you know, some people at lunch, they will go to a park and they'll walk. Some people in the school district, they go to the fountain on a pretty day and they walk around the fountain just for that exercise. On bad days, they walk through the building. They find avenues to exercise. And then the whole time they're doing that, what are they doing? They're talking. Find someone to connect with to make this happen. Many times, those who begin a workout or begin training, they never do it by themselves. They partner up. Partner up. Find someone 
that you can do that with, that will hold you accountable and you'll hold them accountable of making this happen, that 30 minutes a day. Doesn't mean that you're reading each other's verses. It means that both of you in the same room at the same time doing your workout. 10, 10, 10. That's not much. As you begin doing that, you'll find that your 10 will go to 15. And you'll find yourself spending more and more time, or you may be 10 in the morning, or 10, 10, 10 in the morning, and you may do it again in the evening, or you may do it again at lunchtime. And before you know it, you have expanded your time of working out, becoming stronger in Him, greater than ever before. But it begins simply. So let's look at it. How do we begin conditioning? We tell ourselves first, it's time for me to get strong. You look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself, it's time. First time is hard. First time is cumbersome. First time you feel awkward. The first time you feel like you're just going through emotion. But then after a little bit, it'll become natural for you. As you begin doing that, you'll find it'll be happening in you. And when you read something, don't worry about reading a hundred verses. If you get one and get it right, praise God. That's more than we had yesterday. If I focus on, you know, when I used to read, people used to tell me to read. Goodness, you're going to think awful of your pastor. They said, man, I read six books today. I said, I did too. I read Titus, and I read 1st, 2nd, 3rd Timothy. I read Philemon. <laughs> man, I used to know everything. I could almost quote them to you. You know, I'd go to that short book so I could read it in a hurry. <laughs> right? First thing he tells us is to mount up. Worship is the number one thing. Worship Him. He's greater than we are. In our culture, in our world, and I'm sad to say even in our church world, we've made ourselves greater than God. We're telling Him what to do instead of us surrendering to Him. He's God. We surrender, we submit to Him and to His bidding. Now, will He work and move and flow in and through us? Yes. And I don't want to take a long, long time today, but I need to say this. As I was growing up and learning to run and learning to hit and all those things, I concentrated so much on the technique of how to that I didn't have freedom to. I tried to make sure my arms ran. You know, you can see people learning to run and they tell you to work your arm. They look so awkward and everybody's kind of like, man, where do they learn to run? Right? Same thing with people learning to hit a ball. They, you, you work so much on the technique that you lose sight of what you're trying to do. Same thing with a lot of stuff in life that you, you develop a technique that's so great, but there is no freedom. It's so rigid. And in our walk with God, many people have developed a technique of reading God's Word or doing certain things that they don't know why they're reading it. They don't know why it's all about. It's about Him. And for me as a pastor, I've grown up 
in the church world, and there's probably no new teaching, and I'm not saying this arrogantly, there's no new teaching or no new phase in the church that I haven't seen somewhere along the line. It comes in many different forms and many different ways. And a lot of times that in those teachings and in those things, the original teaching, the original learning of those things are very true, very good, very scriptural, very sound. But man puts his own techniques in there and then we try to put God moving in our life as a technique that we learn and develop so we can tell God how to move and how to do. We get so caught up in the technique of how to receive from God that we don't understand that He's our Heavenly Father and we just come to Him. There are principles of this walk that we must learn and that we must walk in, but we walk in it in the freedom of grace, not in the rigid part of life itself. Does that make sense? So as a pastor, so many times I'm so careful that we don't get outside of the boundaries of what I've learned to be scriptural, that many times I've stopped myself from being free. The technique is a starting point. It's not the ending point. It's not the relationship. The technique helps me get there. But once I learn that, I am free to worship Him. Does everybody understand that? I hope that made sense. When we get into that mounting up where we worship, and we recognize it's about Him. And when we run, we develop that technique of running. We must be strong in our knowledge of the truth of God's Word. Not only do we run and just read Scripture, but we read it with a purpose. We read it with a plan of learning and developing things so that God can develop those things in us, those truths in us. And the last thing we need to do is, after every run, after every workout, there's a cool-down time. You know, people, after they run their walk, you know, several hundred yards or even a mile sometimes, depending on the run, to cool themselves down, to allow their body to get into a place of a rhythm again of the walk. When you and I have been in prayer, and we've been in the Word, we've been in worship, that walking for us is a time for us to reflect on what God has just done in our life, either through a journal or through sharing a testimony or sharing something with someone else or just spending time there as we look out See, when you start walking, you can see the glory of God all around you. But when you and I are running at a high-speed pace, as Brian talked about, being in such a hurry to get things done, that we miss His moving. We miss His gentleness. We miss His embrace. And when we learn to walk with Him, we can then embrace all of that. We can then take all of that in. So He's given us a command to be strong. It's time for us to get stronger. And this year, that's our emphasis, to be strong. To become strong in Him, in this walk and in this life. The challenge is for us to do something. Too many times in the church where we expect people to do stuff for us. But it's time for us to pursue that for ourselves and to become strong. Paul went so far to Timothy 
to tell him, be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace of God. When I learn to do that and the gentleness of the Holy Spirit becomes and moves, all of a sudden I'm finding that I'm strengthened, I'm encouraged. That things are developing in my heart and life that I never knew possible. That I always heard about, but I never saw for myself. And that comes from a daily walk. And as we do that, God will do great things in us. And we become strong. Amen? Jonathan, if you'll come. Board members, you'll come. It's about the walk. So in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the walk. We're going to talk about those things that we need to talk about. We're going to develop these things and, and help one another to develop the things that we need to develop in our life. Amen? See, because if... Let's talk about this for a moment. If you're not developing who you are, then we're letting each other down. On a team, in one body, when we all don't develop, then we let each other down. We need to commit to this. We need to commit to this walk. We need to commit to this thing and become stronger in Him. As we do that, then God will raise us up. Wouldn't it be nice as we get stronger together in this walk? And all of a sudden, when God gives us those things to do, then we're strong enough in Him for that to happen the way He wants it to happen. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. So right now, Lord God, help us to become strong. Can you pray that with me today? Help me become strong, Lord God. Lord, I need the umph. I need a kick in the backside. I need whatever I need for me to make this kind of commitment. For me to say, here I am, God. I want to become stronger in you. And I'm making a commitment to this body. But Lord, most of all, I'm making a commitment to my body, to my mind and my spirit, that I will become stronger in you, Lord God. I will allow you to pour into me, Lord, through your word and through prayer through journaling, through reaching out or those other avenues that are before me, Lord God, so that I can grow stronger in you, become more aware of what's going on around me. Help me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Someone wants to go get our children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to say, anybody with me? Are you with me in this? Can we count on each other? Can we look at each other and say, you can count on me. I've got your back.
I remember being in the football huddle and I was reaching in and say, all of us making that commitment, we're all one. We're in this. We're a team. When you and I make that kind of commitment to each other, that we're going to condition ourselves and become strong in Him, then things change and things happen. Amen.